We'll read from the book of Hebrews this evening, Hebrews chapter 13, and we'll read verses 15 and 16. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. What a blessing to be in God's house this evening. It's always a blessing to hear testimonies because uh, praises to the Lord uh, resonate through the testimonies of what God has done. And God has done some really big things and great things, and we're thankful for that. I hope each of you have a testimony tonight of, of what God has done for you. If not, you can have a testimony before the end of this evening. When we think of the word sacrifice, our mind might go back to the Old Testament where we think of the animal sacrifices that were required under uh, the Levitical law. Those sacrifices were done away with when Jesus offered himself as a living sacrifice once and for all so that we could come to him in prayer and repentance and faith and receive an answer to our prayer. A simple definition of sacrifice is to surrender something for the sake of something else, and I'm sure that each of us probably has uh, some familiarity with that at some point in their life. We might think of sacrifice with a, a no gain, no pain, no gain type of mentality. And we might have that mentality if we begin an exercise routine or if we go on a diet to shed some pounds or improve our health, we realize that some sacrifice on our part is required in order to receive benefit from the changes that we wish to make in our life. I've been trying to make some small changes in my diet. I know it probably doesn't show, but over the last year, there's been less physical activity compensated by more eating on my part. And I, I have a sweet tooth, and I had gotten into the habit of going to Safeway and buying oatmeal, raisin, cranberry cookies, and I would pick up uh, some ice cream on the way out of the door. And uh, that went on for quite a while. I actually did put on a little weight. I haven't lost all of it yet. But my wife, she can be very blunt sometimes. And um, she just pointed out, you know, it's not good for you, not good for your health. It tastes good, uh, but taste can be deceiving. So I cut out the cookies, but not the ice cream. And actually, I haven't had ice cream for about two weeks. I, I kind of hope I can be strong and and make that last a little while longer, but I, I'm not sure. Uh, but even I find even making small changes 
for me and my diet to be challenging, but it is doable. When we sacrifice for personal improvement, we learn that there is a cost associated with that sacrifice. Often we have to deny ourselves, our wants, our, our desires, or what appeals to us, what we become used to sometimes. We have to deny ourselves of that. We have to change our habits. It's not always easy, but again, it's doable. When we sacrifice for spiritual improvement and to have a closer walk with the Lord, we find that there is a cost associated with that. And it's challenging. And I I think how the enemy fights us along the way too. He doesn't want uh, to see us draw closer to the Lord, and he employs his tactics to distract us and to deter us. And we have to discipline ourselves. That's not always easy for some of us. We have to uh, prioritize our time in a better way to accomplish what we've set out to do. God will help us. And because God will help us, and if we have our mind and our heart set on that, it's doable. It is doable. Verse 16 here tells us, do not forget to do good and communicate. And those words speak to our behavior as we walk with and serve the Lord. Communication in other parts of the New Testament refer to our actions and what we do. And when we read that, we might wonder, well, how is it with my life? Am I following the word of God here? I'm, I'm saved. I have my deeper experiences. But am I following through on what God's word has laid out for me to do? Am I willing to make that sacrifice? Or is my life that I live, is it, is it about me and, and what I want? And, and I have these compartments in my life and, this is for the Lord, and uh, this is for me over here. Some people uh, think that they can get by living their life like that, and they can for a while, but they're missing out on a greater blessing from the Lord. Do not forget to do good and communicate. It tells us to give of ourselves, give of our time, Give of our resources and our actions as we serve the Lord Jesus Christ. We are representatives of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We do not want to forget to do good and have our behavior back up, our testimony. I think how living for the Lord is not very popular with people these days. We live in perilous times. Paul the Apostle wrote that to the church. We live in perilous or or dangerous times. And have you noted uh, more and more, it seems like evil is called good and good is called evil. 
God calls us to live a good life according uh, to his word. And the world might look on that and not think very much of that. Are we willing to uh, make the sacrifice to be obedient to God's word and draw closer to him and, and live that good life that he wants us to live? I think as we live that good life, we can have a positive impact on other people. People notice that. And that verse ends with such sacrifice. God is well pleased. God is pleased when we put in the extra effort and and we sacrifice our desires to draw closer to him and live uh, by his word and be a representative of the gospel of Jesus Christ, proclaiming the good news of salvation to whomever we can. I really appreciated Sister Sylvia saying that. Twelve people she was able to share her testimony with. That's, That's amazing. May God help us to have take advantage of opportunities and to make that a prayer of ours. Lord, help me to be a witness to your goodness. The other part of that verse, the first part actually, by him, therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Uh, You know the song, Count Your Blessings. I came across this little fun story here several years ago. I I just want to share it with you. And it's about a group of seniors. They were visiting about their ailments. One said, my arms have gotten so weak I can hardly lift this cup of coffee. I know what you mean, said another. My cataracts are so bad, I can't even see my coffee. What did you say? I, I can't hear you, someone else said. I can't turn my head because of the arthritis in my neck, said another. My blood pressure pills make me so dizzy, I forget where I am and where I'm going, exclaimed another. I guess that's the price we pay for getting old, someone said. Count your blessings, a woman said cheerfully. Be thankful we can still drive. There's always something to be thankful for. But did you know that there's always something to complain about? That thought occurred to me as I was reading that. There's always something to complain about. But there's always something to be thankful for. What does the Bible say about that? Well, we read that one part there in Hebrews 13, but Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, he said, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I might have, some of us might have to stop and think, when was the last time that I gave thanks for everything? It's challenging to give thanks when things aren't going so good. And and I'm not sure that God's word is asking us to be thankful for bad things, but we can be thankful that God is in charge and that he's working, and then he can even make good and bring good out of those bad and difficult things that we're facing. 
Others take notice when we have a thankful attitude. People notice that. I think it's becoming more of a rare thing in the world uh, that we live. People tend to complain, and there's more things than ever to complain about. And when they come in contact with a Christian who is thankful and looks at the bright side of things, and their thankfulness is based in what God has done for them, I think that resonates with sinners and people that, that need something that need something from the Lord. I think they set up and take notice. We have an example of that from Paul the Apostle himself. We read in Acts chapter 16, verse 25. It says, At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And the reason the prisoners heard them is because they were in jail. They had been thrown in jail for witnessing about the Lord. And they healed a young woman who was possessed with an evil spirit. And that evil spirit left the the young woman. And because of doing good, they were thrown in jail. I find this story interesting because it was God who led Paul and Silas to Philippi in the first place. Uh, They were praying to the Lord and and wanting to continue with their missionary journey a ways away. And and, uh, God directed them through a vision to come over to this area. And here they found themselves in prison. Uh, But they didn't complain. But I wonder if people think when they hear that, would, would God really direct someone there and then allow them to be thrown into prison? And the answer is yes, he did. He allowed for Paul and Silas to go into jail in order that his will might be accomplished. We might be facing challenging times, But God may be allowing that in your life to draw you closer to Him, to get a deeper consecration from you to Him. He may want to hear from you that you will be willing to do what He, God, wants you to do. He may allow some challenging times to come your way in order to accomplish His will in your life. And then I think of Paul and Silas there in jail. Their, their faith didn't waver. They, they were singing and, and praising the Lord. Uh, their sacrifices and the consecrations they made to the Lord along before this had, had been made. Uh, this was just part of what God's plan was for them. They believed that. Their faith in God didn't waver. Uh, They trusted completely in the Lord, and they didn't complain, even though they had been treated unfairly. Well, we know the story. God was at work behind the scenes. Uh, Before the night was over, the jailer and his family were rejoicing in God's salvation. Thank the Lord for what he does. His ways are higher than our ways, above our ways. We can't uh, conceive of the plans that he can, but we can be obedient to follow his plans for our lives. Uh, May God help us 
Paul later wrote to the Philippian church and said, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Paul was thankful for everything that happened in Philippi. God had done wonderful things, and Paul rejoiced in that. Counting our blessings can make a bad situation better. You know, as we were listening to Brother Earl and Sister Sylvia, one of the benefits of listening to elderly people testify is they have a lot of stories to tell. And God has done a lot for them, and, and and they could just one after the other. And I know some of you are their age, too, and you have the same testimony. And some of us are almost there. And we're building on our testimony as what God has done in our lives. And then some of you younger ones, your young families, and and you're getting some good experience. And when something happens, you turn to the Lord and, and he answers prayer or he leads and, or he guides and he works out things in your life. And you know that it's a miracle and, you, and you're building on your testimony, counting your blessings are a wonderful thing. Remember, uh, what God has done is a wonderful thing. The song says, count them one by one. I think once you get started, you start to remember some of the ones you forgot. What All the things that God has done for you. And it's a personal thing between you and the Lord, what he has done. And you can that thankfulness just wells up out of your heart to the Lord. It encourages your faith when you count your blessings. Giving thanks to his name is offering the sacrifice, the praise, And with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. The Philippian jailer, he he asked Paul and Silas, what what must I do to be saved? Isn't that amazing, all that had happened there? and, And it came down to that. The most important thing, our salvation, a soul salvation, the most important thing, what must I do to be saved? And Paul and Silas, they answered, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Repentance, forsaking a sinful life, believing that Jesus died for you, that his blood was shed for you, and that his blood will cleanse every sin in your heart and make you a new person in Christ Jesus. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will be saved. And God will give you a a new life in Christ. The Bible tells us that we will become a new creature in Christ Jesus. That old things will pass away. And all things will become new. What a wonderful promise. And that promise can be your experience tonight. If you do not know the Lord, we encourage you to come and pray. or Pray where you're at. Yield your heart to the Lord, and God will fill your life to overflowing. God bless you, and we will stand and sing 597.